I love it solid, yeah. Solid as a rock. That's what this love is. The feeling is. Don't nobody, don't nobody breathe on music no more. The lies you tell. Who's breathing? On music. DJ yeah. Patton always breathing on something. I really want DJ to figure out what he's doing. <laughs> he's able. Uh. Well, well. Ain't no H in that. Well done. Oh. But yeah, that's song I got. I love it solid. Solid as a rock. That's what this love is. And the thrill is still hot. Not that I have that type of love in my life, but, you know, that's neither. That's neither here nor there. I just enjoy singing black R&B songs of love to keep myself inspired. How <laughs> you gonna put out a disclaimer? Uh-uh! Uh-uh! <laughs> Look, I want no problems. You don't want zero problems. Zero problems. <laughs> yeah, I'm running late, so just meet me at the let out. Y'all trying to get in, but I'm trying to get out. Getting robbed, get shot at the let out. Heels in her hand while she leaving out the let out. I'ma meet my mans at the mud, mud let out. Praying on the five, see a five with her tail out. Oh, I can't wait, I can't wait until they get out. Well, city of Atlanta. Oh, God. Saints, goons, and ain'ts. Uh huh. Welcome to the let out. Where. I don't even got it this week, fam. I don't. It literally goes down in these Lutheran DMs. Cause. Wait. Hell. Okay. Well, um, my name is Broderick McBride. <laughs> Beloved Bree. Because I feel like this whole show is problematic. And I'm going to call the same out of your name. We're here now. You said your name? I I'm think- Martin. Hi. Everybody, this is a let out. We're here. We're here. Praise God. How was your week? My week was fast paced, mm-hmm. as well as one of those moments. You ever have those moments where you you really settle and resolve that you're old? I had one of those mm. weeks where I was like, you know, sis. You're the old chick at the club now. What movie is that from? I'm not too sure what movie it's from. I'm, I'm going to allow you to tell me what movie it is, but then I'm going to correct the statement that you just made. Go ahead. You tell me what movie it is. It's from I Think I Love My Wife with Chris Rock and Carrie Washington. And she was like, I'm the old hoe at the club now. <laughs> Got it. So first of all, Number A, um, ma'am, you're not at anybody's club. <laughs> First of all, I don't even think you go to lounges because the way you texted me the other day, 
with this whole side eye from a brunch jump off. Oh you need to be on. Fam, in my mind, <laughs> I am for the culture. I sat in that brunch and I was like, Hot Girl Summer is not for me. <laughs> I mean that. I don't know who created it. I just don't feel like it was made with me in mind. I don't know what y'all doing, but if y'all start a summer reading program, call me for that. Got it. Got it. Books are life. Got it. And then letter two. Mm-hmm. Um, ma'am, you you are days away from I'm entering into a prime year of your life that the doctor said a few years ago. Don't that you would not see 29. I'll do it. But we're about to walk into... 32! Oh, bye. Sete Okay. So... Oh, I have all, all the lashes. That I know you came in here today to record with all of this makeup on. I want to know who who is it that you've been tipping and dipping with? You know... As evangelists. Never mind. You know, uh... I'm just lifting the Savior up. You are lifting him. How was your week, Brown? You are lifting him up in your face all at the same time. I got it. Hallelujah. Um, you know, I got time. I ain't got no hair on my head, Roger. I saw. Y'all are not going to be talking about me. No, no. You walked in the sanctuary Sunday like, what's this going to be? Because I can pretend. Don't you want to be more than just friends? Hold me tight and don't let go. I said the best shot. You know, in this next chapter of my life, I just want to give the man of God something that he can feel. Hold me out shot. Can I say that? You said it. Moving on. Um, you know, my week, I don't know, my week was kind of like a blur. Um, there are moments where, you know, Serving God and God's people, the days just run together. And, you know, you're just hanging on for dear life. Um, I had an awesome time terrorizing children over the weekend. I definitely saw that on Insta Stories. Yes, yes. <laughs> How do you heckle small children and babies? I mean, and the babies were very upset with me. One of the little girls told me, your mouth is just so smart. First of all, little girl, <laughs> you are 11 years old. You are not about to talk to me like you're my grandmama. Your mouth is so smart. It is. What are you going to do about it? Um... Yeah, I've been, you know, working in a whole nother wave of healing mm-hmm. um, for myself and have been very intentional about being still and riding the wave out because I got to be my best self for my future, which includes my wife and my kids and all of those extra people that I'm Stillness is the move. It's the move. It's the move. Jesus. And when you steal, can't nobody mix up your movement or your words. Why? Because you've been stealing. Mighty God. Say like this. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just enjoy following the scripture that tells us to drink water and mind the business that pays us. Because mm-hmm. that is in the Bible. Yeah. Mighty God. Alright, so this week the block is hot, hot. Fam, I don't even... We said that as a creative piece, but as the weeks go by, I just... Does the block even exist anymore? Because y'all do the most. 
It's ashes right about now. What we got going on? So, first up, Dan Coates has resigned as the na- the National Intelligence Director, and Congressman John Ratcliffe is tapped to assume the job. Mm. So, prior to last week, most Americans had never heard of John Ratcliffe. Mm-hmm. But in the testimony of former special counsel Robert Mueller before the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees, the second-term Texas Republican congressman put on quite a show. So check it. He berated Mueller, the former head of the FBI, for stating that uh, Donald Trump was not fully exonerated in his um, eponymous report on his his findings um, of the two-year-long investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election and the possibility of obstruction of justice by the president. So check it. This man took a particular issue with the second volume of Mueller's report, which details seemingly obstructive behavior by Donald Trump. And then suddenly everyone in the political world had heard of this congressman. So consider this timeline. On Wednesday, John Ratcliffe makes a name for himself by salvaging through Mueller and insisting that the whole obstruction of justice part of the report is extra uh, prosecutorial, air air quotes, Mm -hmm. and that it should have never been produced, all of which is absolute music to Trump's ears. Five days later, Dan Coates, the current DNI, decides to resign, and Ratcliffe is named in his place. Yeah, It's a lot of fugazi your word that is happening. I got an opportunity to listen in on some of the, the Mueller testimony. Oh, he reports. made me so mad. If I could have jumped through the TV and choked that senior citizen of a cockazoid, I definitely would have. <laughs> um, I would have took him down. His mouth was very smart. I did not appreciate the way that he was coming back at Elijah Cummings. Um, I did not like how he evaded answering questions. Um, and it, it wasn't even just av- avoiding and, and being evasive. It was stuff that he previously reported yes, yes. that he refused to talk about. Yes. Like, fam. It's in the report, isn't it? Well, that not that what the report says? Sir, well, you will get slapped. Are you okay? Like, bro, we're trying to build a case to get this or... He won't give nothing. I know, Bree. Um, but it also shows you, too, how this whole thing is a whole good old boys club. It is. And although I may be against you, at the end of the day, I got your back. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. what we are failing to really have commentary about is, uh, number one, Ratcliffe was trying out for this new job mm-hmm. during that hearing. And number B, his performance in that tryout got him this job. Yes. We don't want to talk about that. Yes. And even with him being placed into this move or him being moved into this specific mm-hmm. area, um, how does that protect mm-hmm. our president and the injustices that he, are, that he is responsible for? Because can't nobody tell me that your president has not sold out the country to the Russians 
to the Koreans mm-hmm. um, and even to China. Um, and I could be wrong and I pray that I am wrong, but it's just too much stuff that has taken place. It just it leaves a big question in this move here, this shift where one steps down and another one goes up. It just makes me wonder, what is that? Fam, beyond that, I just feel like we are trapped in a real live action episode of House of Cards. We are. And one thing that the sociopath, Frank Underwood, said on this show is um, the greatest tactic of a good liar is to convince people that you are not capable of lying. So it is absolutely not coincidental that Donald Trump would assemble people around him that number one would protect him from his egregious missteps and his banter but two those that would be vocal for him in arenas and in spaces where he may not have the greatest leverage. Right. Because even though he is like the president of the United States, he's in the highest office in the country. Ain't nobody listening. True. So. And I think most of the times he really doesn't know what he's talking about. Anyway, but. That's me. That's your Cheeto of a president. You know what? You, I am not going to talk about him. That um, you voted for. So how are you going to talk about the president that you casted a vote for? I, like, I, I, just, I did not. I definitely did. voted for Hillary, Hillary Rodman Clinton. Um, and we thank God for her. However, comma, we have kidney. what we have. <laughs> and her kidney. Right. <laughs> we have what we have. Um, so beyond that, yeah. your president has allowed his racist banner, uh, banter to fire up Twitter yet again. So Trump gets Twitter fingers and he went after civil rights leader Reverend Al Sharpton on Monday in addition to launching a third day of racist, racist attacks on Twitter against uh, Representative Elijah Cummings. So Trump called Sharpton a con man and a troublemaker and claimed that he hates whites and cops after Sharpton tweeted Sunday night that he was going to Baltimore following um, Trump's comments on Elijah Cummings. Mm -hmm. So on Saturday and Sunday, Trump posted a series of racist tweets against Cummings and his majority black congressional district in Baltimore, calling it, quote, a disgusting rat and rodent infested mess and a very dangerous and filthy uh, filthy place so Trump again targeted what he calls King Elijah's Baltimore fail on Monday blaming Cummings for the crime in his city so uh, historically Elijah Cummings has been a fierce Trump critic and he also chairs the House Oversight Committee, yeah. which is among several congressional committees investigating Trump and his administration. So uh, the president has regularly unleashed racist attacks against people of color, particularly critics and opponents of him. Um, 
and his uh, history of racism. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Last night, I finally finished watching um, When They See Us. Um, if you have not seen When They See Us, please, man, please, sir, do yourself the service to log on to somebody's Netflix account if you don't have your own um, and watch When They See Us. But it deals with the historical narrative of Donald Trump um, with the whole Central Park Five and convicting these African these African American boys um, for beating and viciously raping a jogger in Central Park back in the late 80s, early 90s. Well, long story short, Trump ended up putting out an $80,000 ad in the Time magazine saying we need to bring back the death penalty to kill these animals. So dehumanizing people of color, right? Specifically black children. Um, and then we come into this day and age where he's no longer, you know, just a multi-billion dollar um, media mogul, but now he's the chief leader of the free world. Mm -hmm. And he's still spewing out this venom. I believe a couple of weeks ago, he ended up saying some very racial, racial remarks towards um, four women of color mm -hmm. that um, are high up in politics saying, if you don't like being in America, you need to go back to wherever it is that you come from, sir. They're from Cleveland. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> they're from New York. What? They're from California. Like, sir, what are you saying? So. Just off GP, he judged these women by their color or he judged them by their names, right? And saying, go back home. Well, that whole, you know, banter of y'all go back home or go back to wherever you came from, that was racial slurs that was spit towards our ancestors during, you know, the 50s and the 60s. Matter of fact, maybe even earlier than that, than that because that was one of the reasons why... Um, the, the UNIA had to be created mm -hmm. um, with Marcus Garvey in trying to get our people back to Africa, getting them back to Libya. So if you don't know anything about Marcus Listen. Garvey, do your due diligence to research, please research. So and it was Marcus Garvey that absolutely famously said Africa for the Africans. for the Africans. Yeah. So now here we are again, Trump is two weeks out of saying these things to these women of power, women of color who are women of power, to now saying something almost as similar to um, Mr. Cummings and calling the dwelling places of African Americans very dangerous, filthy, rodent infested, full of rats. Like, And historically, what? if you go through his tirades um, on Twitter, He's only referred to people of color, of color. and black yeah. people um, as uh, infested or mm -hmm. infested or mm -hmm. um, infestation. Mm -hmm. These are the times that we are living in, and the racism that he is covertly and overtly spewing is now staring up. I won't necessarily say that it's white pride or it is staring up a level of racial ignorance across the board, not just for people of color, but also for those that lack melon in their skin to where you feel as if that you can police black and brown bodies where we are, where we go, where we stand. Mind um, your business. Yeah. Like last week um, here in Georgia, there was a white gentleman. <clears throat> who saw a pregnant black woman standing in line in the express line 
um, at Publix and she had more than 15 items in her arms. He walks up to her and calls her a uh, black B word, calls her out of her name, calls her lazy. Little did he know she's like one of the leading po politicians here in the state of Georgia. This sister found this man, brought cameras to him and put him on blast. He was like, no, I said what I said and I meant what I said. Um, here recently too, mm -hmm. we saw on, um, I think it was Instagram, mm -hmm. um, some sisters were at a restaurant up in North Carolina having a good time and they were louder than what a white patron would want them to be. White patron walked over to them, told them to shut up, that they needed to be quiet and then proceeded to call them out of their names. And I've never seen this level of, I guess like boldness with it. Yeah, and that's just like the, uh, there was a man in Arizona who was at the gas station and yeah. he said that he felt threatened yeah. from a black man playing rap music right. and he went over and commenced to slashing this black man's throat yeah. and stabbing him yeah. and I believe he's trying to plead insanity yeah. for that crime. Yeah. Like, mind your business. Right. So, to be living in this type of world, in this type of climate, and the chief leader of the free world um, says these types of words against people of color, not only is it egregious, but... It's a pass. Yes. It's and a it's, pass. it's problematic on... So many levels. So even as an intercessor, it makes me wonder like how to pray through this. I oftentimes do pray for um, Elijah Cummings um, because of the type of seat that he sits in with being the over the House Oversight, um, the chair of the House Oversight Committee. He has to give voice to many social ills that take place within our government or that are governmentally inspired or called. So he was the one that was somewhat like a whistleblower when those kids were taken from their parents down at the border and being separated from their parents and being spewed all across the country. He was the one that was questioning like, why can we get access to the records to know where these kids are? This sounds like human trafficking. You know, Mr. Cummins was the one um, really going all the way back to the lead being in the water in Michigan, who was literally speaking truth to power. So for me, he's the male version of a Maxine Waters where, no, I am going to be black. I am going to be bold. I'm going to be problematic, especially when your laws or your beliefs are oppressive. So as an intercessor, for me, I consistently pray that he always stays on the side of justice and that he genuinely speaks from the heart of God, especially for those that don't have a voice. Um, but along with him speaking, it's like, okay, how do we get the ball rolling to see change? You, you get what I'm saying? Like, how do we, yeah, how can he be used to get the ball rolling to not only speak truth to power, but to also bring about transformative work in those systems. Um, it's yeah. food for thought, for real. And he's not the only person that has withstood commentary from your president. True. Um, when you think about, um, just aside from Al Sharpton, you think about Representative John Lewis. John Lewis, yes. And he 
Trump literally said some of the same things yes. about um, Representative um, John Lewis and the district that he um, is over, his congressional district. Yeah. And for those of you who, I was about to say that, think that gospel music has gone too far. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you who feel like, you know, my voice doesn't matter, this doesn't affect me, if you see McBride and I on a Sunday morning, um, week in and week out, Trump is talking about the district that you go to church in. Yep. Because John Lewis is over uh, Georgia Congressional District yes. 5. Yes. Um, Atlanta. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though you may feel like you are in um, a certain geographical region, you feel like um, you're in a certain city or um, place in the country or what have you, and this doesn't affect you, oh, it, it does, affects fam. you <laughs> on multiple it does. levels. Yeah. So, it is absolutely imperative that we get into a place, not just in a place of prayer, but we get into a place where we can put our feet to the pavement Absolutely. and actually do something to Absolutely. affect change in our district. Yes. So that means that we have to show up to city council meetings. Mm-hmm. That means that we have to be aware of what is taking place within our city. Um, that means, too, that we also need to build up our um I will handle a money and funds because as quiet as it's kept, you can have a voice all day, but if you ain't got no money, ain't nobody listening to you. Um, so money definitely speaks. Um, and it speaks on multiple levels. It does. And could it be that the communities that we are worshiping in and the communities that we are excuse me, traveling through on a consistent basis, they don't have an ear to um, the worship assemblies because the worship assemblies are not putting forth funds in the community. So if the government and these politicians have more money that they are barreling into these communities, the ears of the community will be turned toward the government government and the 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 politicians and not the church. One of the things that I learned when I first started preaching and first started in ministry, my uncle who uh, really reared me in the things of the Lord and even as it relates to um, ministry um, values or whatever, um, he told me to endeavor to be a pastor of the community. There is no reason why you should be in um, a local assembly and your community does not know who you are. If your church was to close down now, would the community budge? Would the community be affected in any way? And if there is a community that you are a part of, that your local assembly is stationed in, and they would not feel the hit or the impact of your church closing their doors, shame on you. That is an indictment, not just of parishioners, but of leadership as well. Preach good. Preach the gospel, preach Jesus, but get out into the community and affect the people that your God is championing like we serve a God of the oppressed. So if you are disconnected from the people that you're supposed to... If you're disconnected from... I'll finish the statement. If you are disconnected from the people, then that means that you are disconnected from the God that you're saying that you're worshiping. And we said that. My name is Sade D. Martin. Don't forget the D. And I mean that. And it's like, how how spiritually unethical is that to preach 
it's hypocritical. You're preaching about the, the God of the universe. You're preaching about this spiritual entity and you have no connection with those that you are serving and that you are ministering to. Yes. Shame on you. Your Bible says that we have not a high priest that yes. cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. Yes. Again, that word feeling in Greek translates to sympatheo, which means sympathy. It's compassion. There are several instances in the Bible, theologians, where it talks about us having bowels of compassion. So if you have a savior that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, he can identify with the plight of our everyday lives, who are you? Selah. Okay. I like this gospel. All right. New Jersey pastor oh, has been arrested for sexual assault. Presbyterian minister in New Jersey is accused of sexually assaulting several parishioners under the, the guise of exercising evil spirits. Three men have come forward claiming that Reverend Dr. I, I don't want to call him Reverend. William Weaver performed sexual acts on them. When they came to him for private counseling at Linden Presbyterian Church, Weaver, who's 69, would allegedly tell the men that they needed to that he needed to suck out demons through their semen, citing a Native American ritual and a verse in Ephesians telling Christians to put on the full armor of God. Now, how? Okay. How? How? First, first of all. How? How? How do you get putting on the whole armor of God? How do you get How do you get putting on the whole armor of God and twist that scripture around to um, giving fellatio? I'm trying to figure out how how this I works. mean, of, of course he is. Is this the sword of the spirit? I mean... Is it the... Your Bible says the rod and the staff will come for you, so... Too far. Chief Apostle Michael Jackson said, don't stop till you get enough. I mean... Well, anywho... <laughs> one man, A.J. Meeker, says he started seeing Weaver about family problems back in 2000. Get this, when he was 20 years old. Oh my God. He said, I refuse to stay silent any longer. I need to make sure that this never happens to anyone else ever again. Another man named Jared Stanchion said that after his assault, Weaver said, Weaver lifted my head up. That's what he said. Lifted, Weaver lifted my head up. He's he so looked me. Uh -huh, that's what he said. <laughs> he looked me into my eyes and he said, you don't have to be afraid anymore. I'm your protector now. With that, Sanction said the minister kissed him on the lips. There's another individual who came along who was 30, 39 years old. Um, he shared how, you know, Weaver had served as a chaplain within the local, the local Vietnam Veterans Association. Um, he talked about how Weaver was somewhat of a, a Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where he did, you know, good on one hand, but on the other hand, he did evil um, to so many people. 
here's the issue that I have. I believe that Mr. Weaver um, is a reflection of a number of things that has taken place within the body of believers. Number one, where people are using their spiritual authority to lord it over vulnerable, innocent people. Um, then you have this whole dynamic of spiritual ethics, um, where a lot of individuals who do serve within ministry are living unethically because you're presenting one thing and in public to people, but then in private behind closed doors, you're a whole monster, like consistently living in areas of duality. It's like the sons of Eli, where you are stepping into the, the place of the holies of holies and you're handling the offerings of the people. But at the same time, not only are you fleecing the sheep through the offering, but you're also forcing them to have sex with you or to do favors for you, um, all in the name of God. Um, I think even for me on a greater level, it makes me wonder what will the body of Christ look like when we are 70, when we are 80, when we are 90, because a lot of our colleagues in ministry that are around our age or even younger are byproducts of this type of behavior, but have never gotten the help that they needed. So now they're perpetuating the same Absolutely. type the of prey, behavior. The yep. prey becomes the predator. Yes. So we're literally, we are reproducing mm -hmm generations of predatory behaviors and predatory monsters as yes, well yes and there comes a moment where we have to be diligent not just in who we allow into sacred spaces i think honestly and this is just me and my reasoning and from my tenure in ministry i think we need to discern before we lay hands on people. I think that even before, and not to cut you off, but I think that even before we get to the level of spiritual gifting, we need to deal with people on the practical level. Make these people sit down and go through rigorous Psychological therapy. evaluation. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Because a lot of that digging and prodding in the soul, eventually these masks would have manifested. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that psychology is the end-all, be-all. That's when it's spiritual gifts need to kick in, but it is definitely a tool that I think is highly underutilized in the area of ministry. And this is not just for black people, but I think it's just period across the board within the body of Christ. And the reality is there are... Um, social dysfunctions that yes. we have um, we have heralded and we have um, committed to our personalities that we just that's just the way I am and you know I'm really you know I'm in ministry I'm a pastor I'm a prophet I'm evangelist so on and so forth but I'm not really a people person number one you are a people so how does that work but number two you are in a ministry um, you are in a line of work where where your job is to serve yep. people and yep. not be served. So at the end of the day, I mm -hmm. definitely think if we can have checks and balances mm -hmm. as it relates to our national government, why don't we have a system um, of checks and balances as it relates to spiritual matters that will enforce spiritual ethics? Because that is a thing. It is a thing. We should literally have whole boards that are literally earmarked for the task of, of, in, of upholding and enforcing spiritual, spiritual ethics, ethics. Yes. in the body of Christ. Yes, yes, yes. So, 
It's unfortunate that and these men... And you can't men, tell me that he hasn't done that. Oh, no. Else. Oh, yeah. They were just the people that came Who forward. were bold enough to come forward. Now, mind you, these men were in their early 20s, mm-hmm. and this was happening back in 2000. Weaver is 69. I'm quite sure that Weaver has a slew of bodies of both men and women that he has done this to. So I pray specifically that swift justice does find him, but I also pray that healing um, and deliverance and even levels of reconciliation that these men need also find them as well, because I can only imagine how that shakes your faith. Oftentimes, um, when we do... um, when we do find ourselves being violated by, I want to word this right. When we do find ourselves being violated or mishandled by men and women of the cloth, we oftentimes don't just blame that individual, but we place the blame on God. And we walk away from God. We walk away from the body of Christ. We walk away from community is literally the throwing out of the baby along with the bathwater. And I know that it is a response to the trauma that takes place, but it just makes me wonder, how are we holding and maintaining even the responsibility of the call to direct the people back to God? Does that make sense? That That even as I serve you in a good way, in an amazing way, beyond that, let me direct you back to God. But that is an earmark of broken people because Mm. if I am insecure and I am broken on a soul level, I'm not going to point you to the God of the universe. Mm. I'm going to self-righteously point you back to me. I'm going to make sure that you feel like I am what you need, that I have the answers to your troubles, that I am able to soothe you on an emotional or um, a psychological level and so on and so forth. That's the earmark mark of a broken person and we have so many people who stand and sit in these sacred places that have not processed and had levels of soul maturation and it's literally broken people breaking other people because if you're not healed you're going to spew or you're going to reverberate the voice of God the voice of revelation through the lens of of your experience so if you have been abused you will spew that out through your preaching through your prophesying through your teaching and again we need to have levels of checks and balances systems and procedures yes um, the church may not be a business but we're in the business if you will for lack of a better word of people and we need systems and structures and procedures to govern not just um the people and uh what you would say fleecing the people but also those that govern and maintain those who are pouring yeah that's the earmark of broken people and that's a real that's a real that's a real thing that's a real thing well speaking of broken people a 10 year old michigan boy has been charged with assault after allegedly injuring another student during a dodgeball game people are literally outraged that a 10 year old boy is actually being charged with aggravated assault my god when his mother says he was playing a game of dodgeball others are wondering if this is an instance of bullying 
So Miss Kamisha Lindley said that she was shocked when she received a call from Wayne County Juvenile Court last week when her son about her son Bryce. The soon-to-be fifth grader is charged with aggravated assault following a schoolyard game at Ruth Eckerson Elementary in Canton. These kids are basically playing a game that we all have played, Ms. Lindsay said. According to a police report, a student was struck in the face with a ball during the game. It's not funny. It's not funny. The student's mother said he has a medical condition that makes head injuries especially dangerous. The police report filed after the incident state that Bryce intentionally threw the ball at the boy's face. That's the point of dodgeball. But that's neither here nor there. Get this. The little boy sustained facial tissue damage to his face. He had a black eye and a bruised nose. I'm trying to figure out what type of weight did Bryce hum this ball at this boy's face? <laughs> That's the sound it made. And you know we've all played dodgeball. Yes. And you remember playing dodgeball and right before that ball comes to you, you make a quick turn and you feel the <laughs> velocity of that. <laughs> Man. I don't get caught by one of them balls. That smack in the back or that smack <laughs> upside your head. Jesus. Uh, 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 not playing no more. Uh, uh. Bryce was out there playing. For keeps. You hear me? Could you imagine being the gym instructor? Oh, that? I would have died. Oh. Ooh, ooh, come here. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Bryce is out there throwing with the strength of the ancestors. You hear me? Listen. Pow. This for Emmett Till. <laughs> I mean, he was throwing this ball, listening to Kente drums, and smelling blood, okay? Fam, Bryce was throwing that ball, listening to I'm Black and I'm Proud. Hashtag free Bryce. I mean... Too far? The 10-year-old, because clearly... Like dude that won't let me out. Ooh. <laughs> Can you imagine explaining that to somebody? Yeah, I caught a big because I was playing dodgeball. And I bust this fool in the face with a ball. We gotta have them. Damn. Jesus. I think even on a greater level, um, you know, yes, we are laughing and we're making light of it. Um, but to see how even our children are not permitted to be children. That part. You know what I'm saying? Like, dodge. we loved playing dodgeball in PE. You know, it was an opportunity just for us to have sport, but also to have a level of com camaraderie, if you will, because it teaches you, you know, how to build your team, but also how to, I guess, stand in direct opposition against another team, how to move as a unit. You know, if you are the last man standing, fam, don't dodge the ball, catch a ball so that you, the team can get back in, you know. So just to see how him playing the game, um, him being a part of community, him making light of a moment could have literally shifted his life to something negative. You know, I wonder, did they handcuff him when they took him down to the juvenile court? You know, did they Mirandize him? Does that work with kids? Like, and to be handcuffed, to be placed in a car, and to be led away from your school, that does something to you. Even as a grown man, I still feel a way about being handcuffed being stripped down, being booked, being fingerprinted, 
and knowing that I'm in the system under the wrong name and can't nobody get to me. And not just that, I think it is a process of um, the dehumanization of, of our, our boys. Yes. And if we dehumanize them, um, we won't feel a sense of guilt or we won't feel any way when we gun them down in the streets. Do you feel as if that we've been desensitized since the days of oh, Trayvon Martin? Absolutely. I feel like, and I appreciate media for highlighting the murders that have taken mm-hmm. place. I, I genuinely appreciate that. But... I'm not as jolted as I was when I first saw what happened to Trayvon and how they dehumanized Trayvon um, throughout the entire trial. I remember they never acknowledged him as a boy. He was a perp. Um, he was a suspect. Um, he was an invader. He was the one that was spending time with family members. They didn't even, um, in, in the beginning, they didn't even mention that he was staying with his dad. And then when they did mention that he was staying with his dad, they presented this broken home narrative, if you will. So, yeah. Even as it relates to Mike Brown, think about the fact that this yes. boy was gunned down yes. and left lying in the streets uncovered. of Ferguson, Missouri, uncovered. And that was literally capsulized and like emboldened upon newsprint. Yes and visual media so we see that and we see that and honestly it's not just only desensitization but it is trauma it is and think about how many young uh black people like you and i we walk around with trauma that is lodged in our bodies Mm -hmm. in our gi tracts because of what we see so of course you know we can get into situations that has nothing to do with us but it resembles something that we have seen and literally we feel that terror or that fear um i was going up 75 and literally um saw um coming off of um the atlantic station exit and literally saw um, a police officer pulling over a black man and literally like my palms started sweating because it's like I'm passing this but will this be another example yeah. of a black man being gunned down yeah. by a police officer in my neighborhood yeah so yeah, and, and it's it's not and don't get me wrong I don't believe that you know all police are bad or even the level of policing like is bad but I do believe that we need to go back and observe um, the sanction mm-hmm. for policing um, the way that policing is being handled the way that it's being done and really bringing individuals to justice when they break their own rules that have been set on how they are supposed to fulfill their job when they step out of the boundaries of their SOPs um, and carrying justice like no you need to be brought to justice so yeah I just wondered about the how did how did you feel and do you sense that there is a level of desensitization all right what we have next what we got? so there are old miss students who were suspended by their fraternity for posing with guns next to um, an Emmett Till sign. So a photograph of three University of Mississippi students has surfaced and it shows them posing with guns beside a bullet uh, 
packed and frequently vandalized historic marker um, to lynching victim Emmett Till, and it has sparked a possible federal investigation and suspensions of the three by their fraternity. So the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting first published a story about the photo Thursday, saying that the image had circulated on the men's social media accounts. Jesse Lyons, um, assistant executive director of the Kappa Alpha Orders um, National Office in Lexington, Virginia, said that the Ole Miss chapter suspended the three men pictured after leaders learned of the photo on Tuesday. So the fraternity has long been associated with Old South and Confederate imagery. Although much of that imagery has been suppressed in recent years, the group still claims Confederate Robert E. Lee as its spiritual founder. Can't, wait, wait, wait. Did you catch the wording that they use? The imagery has been suppressed, not necessarily removed, not necessarily apologized for, but it's been suppressed. It, ha- it hasn't been removed. And they claim Confederate General Robert E. Lee as its spiritual founder. Robert E. Lee is actually the founder of the Ku Klux Klan. And you all deem him as your spiritual father? And then when these students that you've um, pledged into this level of ancient hate stand in front of a sign that's rooted in the murder, the racial murder of a child, now you want to denounce them. Now you want to move them out of the way. But no, you pledged them into this. This is just the manifestation of what it is you suppressed. The whole hell. He said that. The whole hell. The whole entire hell. What is this? Now, mind you, and, and I did not mean to take over your story like this. I'm so sorry. Fail. Even know why Shanae. you let me, I don't even know why you let me uh, platform it. So Emmett Till's birthday, legit, was July 25th. Mm-hmm. And this happened the Monday before his birthday on the 27th. Mm-hmm. This wasn't by accident. Mm-mm. But they say racism doesn't exist. They say that we are too hypersensitive. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. And we have a Cheeto Puff in the highest office in the United States of America who gets Twitter fingers and says God knows what without reprimand, without any consequences. And we wonder why things like this happen. Why white nationalists feel empowered to stand up and said racism, to stand up and said bigotry. But all of us, we're we're just conspiracy theorists. Shade, what is the Lord saying about this? Because, and I'm gonna be honest, I've I've I am a church baby, mm-hmm. right? I confessed Christ at the age of five. I considered and say that I got saved for real at the age of seven. And I'm about to be 31. So I've been running for Jesus for a long time. And I'm not tired yet. Shout out to Mississippi Mass Choir. However, comma, 
I am having strong difficulty navigating God. How do we pray through this? Because my ancestors were praying through this in the 1960s. My ancestors were praying through this in the 30s. My ancestors were praying through this while they were going through enslavement and they were deemed um, three-fifths human and the rest of them was animal. Um, And on that presumption that they were animal, um, they were science experiments, right? And not only were they praying through that, but in the year of our Lord, 2019, I have DNA in me that still feels the impact of what said ancestors. Listen, so how, how do we how do we even like navigate through this stuff in prayer? Because I'm having a hard time, even as a mature believer, to trust God in this area. What what do we say to individuals? That, you know, are the five percenters, that are the Hebrew Israelites who have turned black trauma now to black toxicity and they're spewing hatred towards all people that are not necessarily melanated. How do we how do we how do we combat and even have conversations um, to win souls when um, the predominant commentary is that we are um, bamboozled? We are hoodwinked. Run them up. We are run them up. We are brainwashed into this quote unquote white man's religion. I honestly, I don't have, I don't have answers for that. That, that is a hard question. I'm going to for real have to sit in the presence of God about it because for me and just being transparent, it's somewhat becoming difficult for me to even hear my white counterparts in ministry minister but not speak or give voice to what individuals that look well, like fam, them are I'll doing. Put it, I'll put it on the table. It's not becoming hard. It is hard for me to listen to contemporary white counterparts that we have in ministry and you ain't got nothing to say about what's happening out here in these streets where, get this, your church is receiving funds from and you can't speak to the plight of the community where your church is? Oh, okay. This, 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 this has my skin high. And if you all don't know the story of Emmett Till, please do the due diligence to not only read, but also go to YouTube. There are several documentaries that are out there where you get the the narrative of his mom, like first person narrative of his mom. And you even get an opportunity to hear the eyewitness account of his uncle, um, his senior citizen uncle that was there that night when those white terrorists came and snatched this baby. Um, from his uncle's his uncle's home. Um, and there are so hmm. many other people. Yes, so many other Emmettiels. That were not yeah. mentioned yeah. in the archives of history. Furthermore, there are pockets and places in the city of Atlanta and yeah. even surrounding areas where you can feel. Oh, yeah. You remember that time we went yep. for my birthday? I know exactly what you're talking about. And we were riding through Roswell. It was like, wait, was like, something happened here. We were, we we weren't supposed to be Mm-mm. here, fam. Mm-mm. 
I still believe, and I don't have proof of it, but I know what I sense in my own spirit. Um, there are certain pockets within our cities, within our neighborhoods, within our country, where that toxicity of old is still like embedded in the yeah. ground, even going yeah. into Savannah, mm -hmm. passing through those cotton oh, fields. Absolutely. It's like we went through a time war mm -hmm. and you felt the pain of those ancestors. You felt the racial climate of those cities. Yeah. And, and not just our ancestors, but Native Americans. Native Americans, yes. Ancestors as well. Well, they are. Well, never mind. But we praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. All right. So, to lighten it up, a woman orders food and tells the server, this one's on God, and runs off, the police say. A New Mexico woman is facing charges after police say she ordered food from a Sonic and told the server, this one's on God, before fleeing. The Lost Crew Sun News reports, 30-year-old Miss Hernandez, I can't pronounce her first name, I think it's... Delia? Delia. Yeah, Delia Hernandez was arrested Monday in a felony robbery case. Police say that Hernandez rode her bike to a Sonic. First of all. <laughs> she on a bike. You could okay. You get her. Never mind. All right. You so, could throw your shoe fam, at the back tire. I would have pushed. Never mind. <laughs> get the bliss up out my friend. So, so she orders a meal, and when the server asks for payment, she allegedly told him, this one's on God. Police say the server told her, that's not how any of this works. I'm quite sure that this is one of my relatives. Um, but he gave her the meal after she came towards him. Police later found Hernandez at a nearby park. It was unknown if Hernandez had an attorney who would commit to, or who would comment on these allegations. Authorities say her charges may be reduced. Listen. If I am the general manager of Sonic, I, I am have firing it. you for not throwing a Sonic Blast at this lady's abdomen. <laughs> Throw this Oreo cookie blast at this lady. <laughs> you know what? I probably would have bought her meal. I would have paid for it. Jesus. I would have paid for it. That's that's one thing that I hate to see is somebody hungry. That I would have paid for. said it's above me now. My God. <laughs> she said Jesus has paid it all. And he's gonna drop the charges too. Got it. My God. <laughs> Jesus dropped the charges. You remember that? <laughs> he dropped the charges. <laughs> Jesus dropped the charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. My lamb. <laughs> All right. So a prison riot breaks out in Brazil, leaving 16 inmates decapitated and dozens more killed. More than 50 inmates were killed during a prison riot in northern Brazil on Monday, according to authorities. Jarbaz Vasconielos. I mean, pronounce the name. Sounded like a tongue, didn't it? It did. The superintendent of the penitentiary system in the state of Para said that 16 of the 52 inmates that died um, in the Altamira, Altamira. prison mm -hmm. on Monday were decapitated. First of all, For <sighs> what type of shank are you using 
to slice these people's heads off? And how are you hiding this contraband? Not only that, the force that you have to exert to saw off a human head, not just once, but 16 times, fam. What y'all... Y'all are nuts. You know? I don't even want to finish the rest of that. I just... Listen. Um... So in May, 55 inmates were killed in gang-related riots at four prisons in West Brazil. The local prison authority said at the time, the deaths were the result of violent clashes among rival factions in the same drug gang known as the Family of the North. Human rights groups have accused the government of doing too little to prevent the violent at prisons. Um, that have become recruitment centers for gangs and even facilitating clashes by allowing the cells to become overcrowded. The clashes pose a challenge to the new far-right president, Herr Bozoner. Um, I definitely jacked up his name, but however, comma... Um, Bolsonaro! Bonsoreno. We honor the Lord. Uh, but it can also end up giving him a uh, approval rating boosting. So, in reading this article, I saw a number of things that were taking place. Um, How the political climate is basically... um, Fueling. Or is fueled by the cartels and the drug trade. Yes, yes, yes. And this prison population um, center... Is basically the hub where everybody you either kill off your enemy or you you gain foot soldiers or you know whatever else is taking place within these prisons. Like, yeah. See, in my mind and like in my heart, I really, I really feel like I'm a drug lord, hmm. and I feel like look I could, don't I, that that Charday Martin talking. I don't need the FCC. Showing up at my step. You gonna be on payroll. Shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> in my heart, you know, I feel like, you know, I could be ghost. Well, not ghost, cause that means yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nah, like I feel like I could do it, but like I'm smart. But then you read stuff like folks cutting heads off, and you like, never mind. I'm good. Jk, Jk. And you feel like you're about that life? Watching movies like Belly, you know, watching Dude, watching Power, like, oh, I can do this. Queen of the South. Man, all right. listen, I could put on me a good double-breasted suit, load up the trunk, and I'll just be a driver. I don't need to know what's in the trunk. I'm just going to go down here and make these 20, 30 bones and come on back. Fam, the way I'll be speaking in tongues, the whole, I'm talking about... Naman <laughs> show. <laughs> Look, you hear me? Oh my God! I said, can I be the chaplain for uh for uh for the cartel, or let me be the chaplain for the mafia? <laughs> I just come in and pray for everybody, pray for their protection. I don't need to know what you're doing. I, yeah. I'm just gonna pray for you. You're right. Let me let that play the meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Sixteen people. Damn. You cut their. Oh my God. The smell of blood. Oh, that yeah. Yeah. And how much blood was present to cut off somebody 16 people's head? And you don't blink or bat an eye. Got it. You about that life for real. You are insane. 
What else do we got? I nearly jump out of my skin killing a fly. Fam, I jump out of my skin if somebody throw up in front of me in a delivery session. Dude. Don't you throw up and I smell it. Dude. I will leave you. And you have. Mm. <laughs> I'll seal you right up <laughs> and we'll walk off. <laughs> Mm-mm. Throw up spirits. I will have your head down in a bucket. (laughs) I can't imagine when I become a father and my child has an exploded diaper. And that diaper matter that came up to their scalp. Throw the baby away. (laughs) Throw the baby away. Your baby gonna be in a herpy kirby. And we gonna be bailing you out of jail. Oh! I can't do it. Big Brian put my child in a... <laughs> in a recycling bin. <laughs> I can't. We are praying for your future wife. Please. Even now. We're praying for you, woman of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, actress Leela Rashawn has found herself amidst a firestorm of epic proportions on the heels of photographs of her husband, um, highly acclaimed director Antoine Fuqua. Uh, photographs of Fuqua. <laughs> Jesus. Why don't I talk to you? Photographs of him have surfaced on Beyonce's internet of him lip locked with uh, the ex wife of Eddie Murphy and the ex lover of. Michael Strahan, Nicole Murphy. When I tell you that, Nicole is fine. Here you go. Oh, the Ashe. Brethren, listen. We don't want you. We want Broderick. If you don't know who that doggone Nicole Murphy is. We don't want you. Men of God. We want Broderick. Do yourself the favor. Lamar. I understand that she was was kissing on Foucault. McBride. But that that body, that that, that bathing suit, that about Chate. They weren't just... Yeah, he's. They were smashing. I don't care what they. I said that. I they was care. eating each other faces. But that dog, that Nicole was fine. We behind lust. Uh-huh. We gonna get on me talking about the men of God's future. Listen, Nicole. Nicole can make a blind man see. She can catch a fish without a hook. She'll make a man drink her bath water. Uh. Huh? First of all, I want to go outside in the rain. I may sound crazy. First of all, Ooh, you're, a drum- day. you're a germaphobe. So, <laughs> how does that even work? You can't even stand somebody sneezing around you. Ooh. Cover your mouth. And I smell it. Have you ever smelled somebody sneeze? Oh, oh you know. Jesus. Good, 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 good. But then Nicole. We want Roger. Anyway. Mm, I want Nicole. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't talk to you. How old is Nicole? She is over 40. Mm. That's, you know what? I'll bind you. <laughs> anyway. So pictures of mm. this man and this woman have surfaced on the internet and there has literally been a firestorm of commentary in these social media streets to the point where Lila Rashawn deactivated her Instagram. 
Oh, wow. So there are a lot of things that are being said. Um, a lot of people, excuse me, um, including um, some celebrities have been going to bat as it relates to the character of Nicole Murphy being a homewrecker. Um, I think Lisa, Lisa Ray and Debrat had something to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, as Lisa well, Ray was like, um, I won't necessarily call her a home record, but she does wreck the homes that she involves herself in. Got that, it. That was a little razzle dazzle. It was. It was spicy. So I said, you This know. is what I saw. I saw Diamond from the Players Club, where she beat the brakes off Ronnie, and she walked in that strip room and was like, everybody get out of the room, please. And she she threw the first punch when she pushed Ronnie into that mirror. Nicole fine, though. She, then, can't, she can't hit Nicole in her face. Give her body shots. No? Roderick. Oh, okay. I think <laughs> beyond... Touch my body. Oh, okay. Beyond, <laughs> just I cannot, I cannot. That thing blessed me. Clear, clearly, just come back. Come Hips back. and tips. Beyond just the initial surfacing of the photographs, I think on a deeper yeah. level, there are several conversations that need to be had. Absolutely. A lot of the conversations that have been swirling um, in these social media streets have circled around um, Lila Rashawn's weight gain. And of course, a lot of us are familiar or remember Lila Rashawn from Waiting to Exhale, Robin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she looks a little bit more like uh, uh, Loretta Devine now. She like Big Sheep. Big which, which we will roast too. <laughs> I said, my God. You know, she's a little rotund now. But sources say that her rotundness is due to medical difficulties. Her what? Her rotundness. So, fibroids, you know, um, other that's, things that are taking place. That's understandable. I think the larger conversation that should be had is the fact that I don't believe that we have enough critical conversations in relationships, be that romantic or platonic. Oh, we don't. Because at the end of the day, that's something that you need to have serious dialogue about you need to there needs to be serious discourse about things of that nature and if you are all enamored you up in arms sweeping you off your feet uh stevie wonder in these streets makes me weak and knock me off my feet fam no that's not how any of this works i can't have a wait 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 now so, mm-hmm. I, I won't do that. No, I won't do that. Go for it. I won't do that. No. You all out here, starry-eyed, unsober, walking into levels of romantic relationship, which has you in this haze mm-hmm. of relational whatever, and you are skating past things that you should have discussed and you should have worked out on the front end. 
or you are ignoring all of these red flags. Because to me, I think it's it's impossible to say that there wasn't a shift in Fuqua's behavior before he caught up with Nicole. That part. Right? Um, and then, too, it's interesting how media has taken this story and has spawned it in such a way to where the indictment and the blame is being placed upon Nicole Murphy and the indictment and the blame is being placed on Leela, where they're saying, well, had Leela not blown up like that? Had Leela taken better care of her body? Had she been, you know, the size of Nicole, then Fuqua never would have walked out. Or people are saying, well, Nicole ain't nothing but a, a, a harlot. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Deliver us from whoredoms, God. Right. Um, you know, and they're dogging her out, but nobody is really calling Antoine to the floor and saying, hey, sir, hey, the truth of the matter is you had already cheated on Leela before you even had a physical encounter with Nicole because it starts in the mind. Not only that, it is on record that he has two children outside of his marriage. Oh, while being married to Leela? To Leela, yeah. Oh, so, so this, this is a soul is, issue in you, is sir. This is character. Yeah. 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 Okay, so why are we tripping? Why are we tripping if Leela ain't tripping? Oh, okay. Let me mind the business that pay me. Moving Listen, on. Okay. But there does need to be critical conversations. There, there does and need to be I critical conversations. We, I don't know what it is, and I don't think it's just our generation. I just think in general, we get to these places where we just skate past necessary conversations. Can I tell you what it is? I said it on the last podcast. We fall in love with the ideal of being in love. We have been fed the fairy tales of Disney and we have romanticized being in intimate, romantic, platonic relationships. So whenever there is a half person that walks by that gives us a half eye wink or half eye blink, we are immediately heads over heel instead of sitting down and having direct adult conversation. Um, but too, I think even on a deeper level, for a number of us, we don't even know what we like. That part. And for some of us, we don't even love ourselves. We just enjoy the fact that somebody desires us, that somebody loves us, that somebody is giving us a level of intention. And we are willing to do anything. So because it feels good, come here, Helen Baylor. We all want to be loved. Because we all want to be loved and we love the ideal of being loved and the feeling of being loved. We'll settle for anything. We'll settle for people cheating on us. So here we are, 62 years in a marriage and a good 50 of them jokers was laced with infidelity or, you know, you okay with somebody bashing you upside your head? Listen, because Negroes are real quick to be like, love me like your grandmama loved your granddaddy. No, well, first of all, damn. skip me, reverse back to y'all, uno and out, because what we not going to do is have me out here suffering through years of infidelity just because this mortgage is paid and these bills are done. Y'all, mm-mm. Y'all had that. We romanticized the story of Mama Joe off of Soul Food. She sent up here having the stuffed money in a TV because all the money that was coming in the house, Papa Joe was spending it. And Y'all to save, and to save, to save his ego, she gonna put money here and there uh, when he lost the house 
um, because of gambling. Ain't. You don't but we remember, say we want that type of love. You don't remember that narrative? No, I remember that narrative. Okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I no. Mm-mm. Say, you know, you got to let a man be a man. You know, when you take that away from him, bird, what else does he have left? Sam, I'm a man. Man, uh-uh. Mm-mm. I've but seen you- too, I've seen too much infidelity in my own bloodline to straw homes. I can't perpetuate that cycle. I refuse to do that to my children. And I refuse to do that to my wife. I agree with you. We absolutely, um, yeah, don't be out here falling in love with potential family. And uh, a lot of that takes place. Especially in that, the church house. Yeah, come, well, since we since we gonna park the car, we might as well drive. Because that's also one of my greatest fears of dating in ministry. You know, he... He's an elder right now, and he could be a bishop by God knows when. So let I'm gonna be go first ahead. lady. No, this is not that. And can y'all stop prophesying that every woman who dresses nicely, that has herself well put together, mm-hmm. is a first lady? Oh, like, God. do we not have that much spiritual maturity or just? Uh, uh, Why are we prophesying people relationships in the first place? I'm quite sure that there are several other keys to the kingdom that we have yet to tap into. But hey, man. But y'all want to be out here marrying potential. Yeah. And he's potentially sleeping with another man. Well, since since we're here. Or she's, she's potentially, potentially body rolling. Her sister Her sister ain't her sister Her best friend ain't her best friend (laughs) And it is a hot girl summer Well actually Say la Say la I'm gonna make a shirt that says Lukewarm girl summer It's lukewarm for me I feel let down Cause the hot girls are drinking water And we ain't talking about H2O Anyway that's the end of The Block is Hot. What's border? This it'll be a sidebar conversation. That was a serious question. It'll be a sidebar conversation. We'll fill you in. It involves Altoids. Um, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no bullshit. All right. <laughs> So we are moving on. Our next segment is unpopular opinion. My God. Listen, I am so sick of the entertainment industry just touching stuff. We don't we don't we don't need you remaking nothing. Listen. We don't need you spending nothing. We don't need the Sprite remix. We want the regular. Cause some of the stuff that they're coming out with now, it's a whole food. Case in point, the new Lion King. Oh. I supported the movie because there were, you know, a number of people that were in the movie that I actually liked. Indeed. However, comma. Um, Strong comma. I prefer <laughs> The Lion King from the 90s. I just vote that they just re-release that in the theaters and let us forget about the new Lion King. Yeah. 
because whoever thought Beyonce as Nala was a good idea, I question your competency, personally. Mm. I'm gonna join that bandwagon. I I didn't I didn't like it, and not necessarily saying you know. Simba. Yeah. Let's get information. Yeah, th- that's literally what it was. Her song Spirit, that was good. I wanted to worship that up by Shabba Cops. I mean, I think they should have just let her. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I think they should have just let her do the soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack. I and agree. Like, left it at that. I agree. It. I agree. I absolutely agree. I agree. Mulan. I don't want them to touch Mulan. And here's why. You know, in the animated version of, of Mulan, when Mulan leaves her father's house, she immediately finds herself amongst the Korean warriors mm-hmm. of the time. And there's a scene in Mulan where they are in the oh. bathhouse where they're singing, We are men. We are men. I'm trying to figure out how's this going to work out when Mulan becomes human and they're in the bathhouse singing, We are men. I mean, if they got orange is the new black, and all so they're gonna be shows, showing front. You know what? I don't know. I I won't know. Fam, at the I'm rate disturbed. at the rate in which society is headed now, they're not above it. They're not above it. Is I mean, can you really like? I mean, it's cringeworthy nonetheless, but still, like, yeah. Eh. Yeah, yeah. They are planning on remaking Little Mermaid. Um, shout out to the sweet baby. What's her name? Hey, Haley. Uh, Haley. Haley Bailey. Yeah, shout out to her. Um, phenomenal singer. I am glad that she's been cast for the role of Ariel. Um, however, comma, you know, I just wish that they would leave it alone and they would leave it as the 1988 animated version. Um that's so interesting. I read an article um, in The Root where the uh, author was talking about how it is amazing that we are receiving um, black and people of color um, Disney princesses, but where are the black princes? And yep. just as important as it is for um, young black girls to see themselves uh, reflected on not just uh, big screens but in cartoons as well that it's just as important if not more for young black boys to see representations of themselves um, in cartoons and on the big screen um, as well so um, he went into talking about how um, every black princess or princess of color has never had historically never had a black prince as a love interest. Prince it's I King. Always... Prince I King. Prince I King from Zemunda. No, no. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Here I am about to text Mother Martin like, you ain't never buy me that tape. <laughs> Make me sick. But that's something to talk about. It's it very is. important for black boys to see representations of themselves, not just representation of themselves, but um, reflections of black love. Or black royalty. Yeah. Even in you mentioning that, my mind started going down like the Rolodex of 
what I grew up with as far as animation is concerned. Um, and there's immediately only two black male characters that came to mind. That was Lil Bill from Nick Jr. And that was Alfie from uh, Recess that came on um, ABC one Saturday morning. Oh, you can't uh, leave out Gerald. Who's Gerald? Oh, hey, hey Arnold. Arnold. Okay, so that's three. Cousin Skeeter? He wasn't animated. He was a, a, a puppet. But we can count Cousin Skeeter because he was the... Famous Jet Jackson? That wasn't a cartoon. Yeah. We got Paul and Sea Bear. Who was that? I don't know that. You never with uh Tone Lope played the bear? No. That was a thing. Okay. Brother Shock. Proud family. The Proud family. Okay, okay. We we up to number six. Remember when Urkel had a uh had a cartoon? Yeah, okay. Um Kid and Play, they had a cartoon. Okay. The Boondocks. That we was grown by then. <laughs> no, man, we was in high school by then. But I mean, we can count them. It was a little ratchet, but they did that's give us. Gay yeah. Um. So that's nine. Ooh. Was it black people? South Park don't count. No. Literally nine that we thought of. Matter of fact, we'll actually task our listeners with that. If y'all can think of other black animated characters, um, yeah, give us some yeah. nostalgic moments. Shoot, shoot that in yeah. to us, cause tag, tag us on Instagram or on. Insta I can't stories. think of it. I promise you, I cannot. Oh, Susie, Angelica's friend. Okay. Rugrats. Yeah. Okay. Um. That's about it, man. Because Chucky was racially ambiguous. Goodbye. Um, the other thing that I that orange hair, you know that you know Chucky reminded you of the barge. And Chucky felt like he was from the hood. He did. The glasses slowed down, but <laughs> the looking thing. I really can't think of nothing else. It it don't exist, fam. Um, they remade Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston, and yeah, we loved and Nippy. Even, and even her love interest. He was Asian. He was Asian with yeah. a black mama. Yeah. We thank God for it, but I was underwhelmed. Impossible. Impossible. Go watch that. They remade The Wiz. That was horrible. With uh, Queen Latifah. Oh. Uncle, Uncle was real. Uncle put on a great performance. Wait, what? Oh, he put on a great performance. I was talking about Queen. Yeah, Uncle, he put on a great performance. You know they're planning on remaking Cats. I'm turning the volume down now. I can hear Jennifer Hudson screaming even now already. Oh my God. Yeah, (laughs) I think Mary J. Blige gonna be in it too with the Mary Bob. I am not a fan. Oh, Mary J. Blige. I never had Because all I really want is to be happy. To find a love that's mine. It would be so sweet. They remade Aladdin and Will Smith was zesty. It was that little Bantu knot he had at the top of his head. If he'd have had that Bantu knot, I think he could have worked. 
but it was the Bantu knot and it was the um, the beard that like curled at the end. I think that they should have just retired the character Genie to Robin Williams. I mean, cause yeah, he was a genius. Yes, man. he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. It's not just with films, but it's music just too. in general. Like Beyonce should have left. Before I let go alone. Cause I'm not bunny hopping. Step to the side. Now don't get me wrong. That HBCU band sound. Yes. yes. It oh, blesses yes. me. Yes. However, comma. Um, I'm not crossing my legs, turn around, then pop. Um, bunny hop, bunny hop, drop. Pop. Bunny hop you. What was wrong with like black bombers that threaten you with the action that you was doing. <laughs> Stop popping that gum, I'ma pop you. <laughs> Stop bamming up against that wall, I'ma bam you. Like, unfrown your face before I unfrown your body. <laughs> well, what? What? Man. Jesus. Tamar Braxton. Juicy. Juicy. The Juicy beat, yeah. Um, I mean, Biggie, he did his thing, but he stole it from M-Tune, Juicy Fruit. And that's a whole vibe still to this day. You're so juicy. Juicy. Why does everything sound like a kind of Juicy. Candy rain coming down. I gotta bump that going home. That is definitely your quartet roots. It, it is. Just leave stuff alone. Please don't touch nothing else. Cause next they're gonna start remixing fried chicken, macaroni and cheese. They greens. have. Burger King is making tacos now. He is. I wanna try one, but I'm scared. They have to serving that GMO meat. People that eat tacos from Burger King are the same people who think they need a passport to go to Puerto Rico. We don't need a passport to go. <laughs> Broderick, I will toss this iPhone at your forehead. <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. <laughs> we don't need a passport to go to Broderick. That has been unpopular opinion. Come get y'all cousin, cause I'm sick of him. <clears throat> Jesus. <clears throat> so, the next segment is the infamous Mirror, mirror. Yeah. Y'all love us until we get to mirror, mirror. And personally, I don't care. Ain't nobody gonna move me. Hmm. So this episode, we are talking about ministry conflicts. How do you remain on the wall in the midst of disagreements? When is it petty and when is it needed? Sometimes, in the words of Evangelist Fantasia, you gotta lose to win again. Yeah. Um, immediately when I thought about this topic, um, what came to mind was um, an added from Frederick Douglass who said, um, where there is no struggle, there is no progress. So in thinking in the context of conflict, I do believe that conflict is absolutely needed at times. And I do believe that conflict can be healthy. But 
what makes conflict unhealthy is the place from which we engage in conflict. And oftentimes it's from places of pride. It's from places of ego. And we go in not necessarily with the intentions of listening, but with the the M.O. of proving a point. Mm -hmm. So we come into moments of an argument. You want to prove your point. I want to prove my point. And we're like listening to each other. We're literally doing nothing but spinning our wheels and wasting time. Um, I know that here recently, um, there's a, a situation that's happening with uh, prophetess Dr. Juanita Bynum and um, another pastor up in Virginia. And the story is so layered, um, but Prophetess Bynum, she um, ended up doing a Facebook Live to explain to those that would have come that night to hear her preach of what happened between her and the brother. Um, she shared that he gained access to her hotel room, um, that there was, you know, some weird, stranger things, season four type things that happened. Um you need to really get into Stranger Things. It is so good. Oh, it's so good. But anyway, um, and immediately I was on the side of Dr. Bynum. Um, you know, just thinking about the things that women in ministry have to go oh through. Oh my God. She's a trailblazer. We don't have the time, Roger. Yeah. Oh so my God. I was absolutely for it. But then when you start hearing the other side of the story, it's like, wait. And when you step back to look at the full picture of how leaders within the body of Christ have now gone public with a matter that should have been able to be handled privately, there's an issue. So, you know, we always try to bring scripture into everything that we do. Um, a text that comes to mind immediately is Matthew chapter 18, and it's around about verses 15, I think, through 20. And basically, Jesus gives us the steps on how to handle conflict against, you know, our other brothers and sisters. He says, number one, if your brother offends you, you go to them. Mm -hmm. You know, you tell them, to hey, them. to them. And that's in private. I'm not going to you on your Facebook page. I'm not going to you on your public wall. I am going to you individually, in private, in secrecy to say, Charday, you offended me. I feel Da, 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 da. This was my experience with you, and this is my truth. All right. Now, in that moment, if Charday was like, nigga, bump you, sir, bump you, um, I meant what I meant, I said what I said, and I'm still in a place of offense, um, Jesus then says to go get a witness and to bring that witness in to mediate the conversation. But even before you get there, mm -hmm. we can even talk about offense um, and as it relates to um, feeling offended. The reality is people, number one, arguing or disagreement can be healthy. Yes. If done correctly. We do it all the time. I mean... And we've had some drag out moments. Oh my God. Flip the table. Yeah. And then when we're done, let's go get tacos. Thank you. That's a real thing. Um, people don't know how to do that. And if you are offering apology for an offense, if you add the word if into that said apology, that's not even. That's not a, an that's apology. Not even apology. Nope. That's not an apology. If I if I offended you, I'm telling you, you offended me. 
And at the end of the day, even if you don't, if we are in a disagreement and you feel slighted, you feel offended uh, by something that I have done, even if I don't agree Mm -hmm. that said act was offensive, I cannot take away your human experience. That's an act of violence. Stop being out here in these streets discounting or slashing through somebody's experience even if number one you don't see that experience for what it is it is theirs they have a human right to feel and to process whatever it is that they are processing but if you don't agree like listen I don't agree with you but I don't want you offended. So I apologize for da 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 mm-hmm. and move on. That's a real thing. Yeah. How many, how many public displays could be dealt Eliminated. With? Alleviated. Yeah. Had we did it the way that Jesus tells us to. That so part. he says, bring in your mediator. Mm-hmm. And again, tell them, hey, you offended me. And if they don't want to hear you and the mediator, right. then you go publicly. Mm-hmm. But we go, we skip all of these steps. I'm going and, and I'm making Facebook statuses. We go, we go public because we're not looking for reconciliation. We're looking to be right. And we're the looking number, for a clap back. That part. And if you want true reconciliation, oftentimes you'll find yourself having to again forfeit, forfeit your, your right, right to be right. To be right. Yep. A lot of us don't want reconciliation. We want to be right. Yep. And the fact that a number of us cannot or refuse to, because I don't think that it's a, an act of cannot. I think that it's a, it's a matter of unwilling to. Because a number of us are unwilling to forfeit our right to be right in key moments, we have literally exed ourselves out of divine relationships and divine moments. Here it is. It is impossible for me to believe that Jesus walked with 12 men during the full duration of his ministry. And there were not petty arguments that broke out between them. I mean, it's recorded. Yes. Um, James and John yes. were arguing yes. about who's the greatest among them. Yes. It is recorded It is recorded in, in the text. You know, somebody ate too much food. Somebody got gas on the journey. And we all got to sleep in the same room together. Or somebody taking a bath too long. Like, I'm quite sure that there were moments that they had some deep arguments. Judas was talking about Mary pouring out her was yes oh my god why is she pouring like fam that that could have been given to the poor yeah yeah and not one time did jesus throw any of them away the disciples when people were thronging jesus and they said who's coming after us first of all ain't nobody come to see you otis we're coming to see the savior that was petty yeah literally and not one time did jesus say you know what y'all can't go on the journey with me anymore So if we are to follow the example of Christ, for me, it causes me to step back and do introspective reflection on how I have handled my relationships, but also how I have handled people. This week, I made it a point to um, reach out to an individual that I believe was divinely assigned to my life, but I departed from because they offended me. Um, and I reached out to say, hey, I left you wrong. 
I apologize. Um, and not necessarily, you know, calling to point out, hey, I heard what you said and I heard what your family said. And yeah, I ain't like that, but I'm going to go in and I'm going to apologize to you. No, it was literally calling to reconcile because I'm also discerning too that my separation from that individual and from their family and their ministry has also caused a greater divide in the mission of Christ as it pertains to the city of Atlanta. For sure. So, even for me, I've had to learn again to forfeit my right to be right. And the level of offense that I encountered with that individual and their family caused me to walk away from the body of Christ. Wow. And I had to pick up the phone this week to call that individual to say, hey, I was wrong. I apologize. Please forgive me. Yeah. Because it's impossible for me to be crying out, God save the witch. And I'm using my my influence and my offense with that person to snatch other people away from them. That's not how any of this goes. Come on. And a lot of us do that simply because I'm mad at Charday. Sister Watermelon better not call Charday. And if she do, I'm not going to answer call. Brother Brother Coffee better not call Charday. That ain't how any of this goes. And a number of us are playing that type of monopoly game with people's hearts and minds. And we are literally bankrupting ourselves emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically. Absolutely. Think about how many relationships we have passed out on. Um, under the guise of um, you hurt my friend so I got a problem with you and you've never taken the time to get to know people for who they are one situation um, may not um, directly reflect on your experience with the person yeah man it 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 makes the body of Christ look like a minefield because you are authentically attempting to, well, some of us are authentically attempting to access the presence of the Lord being in these spaces and these places of worship. And we find ourselves tiptoeing on eggshells because it's like, I can't be over here because this person has a person with that. And it's like, fam, we're on the same team. We're worshiping the same same savior. Like what, what are you doing? Furthermore, if we really want to talk about it, what fuels that is the fact that we feel like we have ownership over people. Yep as pastors, as preachers, prophets, or whatever, and even just in general friends, you don't own people. People have the ability to make whatever decisions they want to make. Now, if you determine that you cannot be a part of said decision-making process, then the mature thing to do is to say, you know what? Peace out. Deuces. Yep. Thank you for who you have been to me. I value you. I honor you. And again, the reasonable, wise thing to do is to depart that place, but not let your lips open up in a dishonorable way 
to every situation that you have left. Just because you have to de depart or disconnect from something doesn't mean that that person or that entity is a monster or a bad person. Facts. It just means that the time Facts. has come for you to transition. Facts. Facts. You, it is possible for you to exit relationships, to exit um churches to exit whatever without dishonoring what you have come out of yep. and that's a form of uh, witchcraft as well yep. because you are wielding and you are looming your again your influence what it is that you have power and control over um, to sway the thoughts the emotions and the minds of other people yeah Fam, it just didn't work out. They're not bad people. God bless them. I'm here now. And that's the end of the conversation. Nothing more, nothing less. Because, too, what I've discovered is that I won't tell nobody's business. I'll tell my own. Um, when we disconnect from people in moments of offense, we begin to spill the tea. Mm -hmm. that we had on those individuals. It's like, oh, beloved, you do know that you're going to have to see this harvest again mm -hmm. in one shape, form, or fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Holy Spirit has really, really, really grown me up. And your Bible says yeah. emphatically, um, bad company spoils good character. Yep. And it is literally a rule of thumb that Broderick and I have with one another. And it's funny when we employ what is common for us in the midst of other people. And it throws it. them yep. it throws them off balance. We don't sit up and talk about people. We don't. Um you guys hear us say all the time, that is not my business. Um, and even if something is presented in a conversational way um, from another party, we're quick. If you've ever sat with us, we are quick to say, they ain't got nothing to do with me. Yep. That is none of my business. Yep. What if we employ that with relationships, yeah. ministry relationships? There are so many ministry conflicts that could be resolved, that could have been avoided if, number one, we had the, cur the courage to say, that's none of my business, or number two, take your mouth off of that. Yeah. And if you are in ministry constructs, if you are in relational constructs where you don't have the freedom to say, uh-uh, take your mouth off of that, you don't need to be there. Yeah. There's no way that I could walk with Broderick as my brother and he not at some point check me on something like, yeah, that's beneath you. Yeah, yeah we don't do this. Like, what's or the don't point? bring it to you. Yeah. I'm not bringing you trash. Why? That point. We and just literally had a conversation about yeah. something that happened like years ago and yeah. Sade was like, you never told me that. It was Why? hot too. Like, <laughs> you... You didn't feel like you wanted to tell mm -mm. me or fill me in on uh -uh. what was happening. Mm -mm. We were focusing on healing. Physically. Absolutely. And so. that is a conversation that needs to be had. The reality is um, as individuals, it is our job to guard our hearts. But for your brothers, for your friends, um, the Hebrew symbol um, for brother is... Um, it translates to fence. So literally, your friends, your brothers, while you are 
uh, responsible for guarding your heart. Your brothers, your friends are responsible for guarding your focus. So a lot of us are too distracted to even heal and be whole in certain areas of our lives because we're chasing flies. We're swatting at gnats. Focus and understand that that's not none of your that's, that's none of your business. And be okay with that not being any of your business. And it's like there are so many intercessors who are doing the body of Christ disservice and they are literally dropping balls because we're too busy trying to be in the loop that we forget and forfeit the gap. Mm. Say that again. Say that again. There are so many lives that are hanging in the balance because we are too busy trying to stay in the loop that we forfeit the gap. It doesn't matter if you don't know the happenings. It doesn't matter if you don't have the latest tea because the reality is everybody seemingly likes the spilling of tea until it's their cup that's tipped over. And I said that. Focus on what is actually important. How many lives have you dropped? How many lives and how many pending judgments that were not arbitrated in the courts of heaven because you were trying to be in the loop and you abandoned your assignment in the gap? You came off of the wall to get the latest tea. You came off of the wall um, to be a busybody. Yeah. Sit down somewhere and, and you can, pray. You can't have both. You can't have a loop and a gap. Listen. It don't work like that. Say that again. You can't have a loop and a gap all at the same time. It doesn't work like that. You literally have to choose. Think Ministry about, conflicts. Think about, to that point, think about uh, the story of Nehemiah and how he dealt with um, Sambal and, and Tobiah. Yeah. Their names um, literally translates to strife and slander. Mm. And so strife and slander, conflict comes and says, hey, get off that wall. What does Nehemiah do? Keep building. Bless you. I have credentials from the king. We're busy. But not only that, he also armed himself mm-hmm. as he built. Now, I've showed you my credentials, mm-hmm. but if you walk up on what I'm building, I got to tell you that. What if we guarded our relationships and our friendships as such? I'm credentialed and assigned to be a part of Charday's life. Mm-hmm. But if you walk up on my relationship with her to bring criticism, to bring... Mm-hmm. You know, all of the accusations. I got a weapon to tear you up. That part. You got to have both. Don't just have credentials and sanctions to be there and you're not willing to defend it. And that weapon is not necessarily just your fist right. punching somebody right. in the throat. Right. That weapon Although, is, you know, Amen. it's not above me. <laughs> It's not just your fist gut punching somebody, but 
that weapon can be not just your history with God, but your history with that person. Yep. How many conflicts could be avoided if we take a stroll and assess the history that we have with people? There are certain things that people, you would never be able to walk up on me and say, you know what, Roderick said da-da-da-da-da concerning you. Even if he did, listen, his history and track yep. record with me, I would call you a louder. liar to yep. your face. It speaks louder. It speaks louder. That is a weapon yep. in guarding your relationships. Yep. And being able to now come to the table in private and say, hey, this is what was said. We need to have a conversation. That part. And then come back out in public like nothing happened. How many times hmm. have we been ready to slap box one another yep. and then get up somewhere and pray? And you have to walk in heavy forgiveness, especially if you want direct access and communication with heaven. That part. Because your Bible says in Psalm 66 and 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, yeah. the Lord will not hear me. Yeah. So could it be that we are conjuring up sounds? We are conjuring up moves of God because we are not walking in certain levels of forgiveness. Yeah. That we are, um, that the dimensions that we are trying to access requires. Yeah. I feel like I need to write about that. Do you need to write about a number of things, but wow, wow, you know who are me? Who are me? Speaking of writing, we can talk about what you need to have out in the form of manuals, but just trying to learn what you do, sir. Amen. Amen. This has been a great. This has been wonderful. Uh, how can I get in contact with you? Yep. Um. <laughs> so you can find me on Facebook under Broderick L. McBride. You can find me on Instagram under Broderick dot McBride. So that's B R O D E R I C K. Period. McBride. M C B R I D E. Um. And also, you can hit me up on my website. Um. Come on, website. And how can we reach you, woman of God? Twitter and Instagram, we've been parlaying over there. It's been quite a time in the Lord. Uh, at Shardemus, that's S-H-A-R-D-E-M-U-S. I'm also on Facebook. You can find me over there. Um, you can also hang out with me on the website. Shardaymartin.com. Um, you can also catch us um, later on this year, the week of September yes. 27, 28, yes, and 29th yes, yes, yes. at Evolve U. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm so excited. You can actually go to, I believe it's EvolveU.com or no, Bonita Jones Live. It's BenitaJones.com. BenitaJones.com. There we go. BenitaJones.com. You can get all of the details and information there. I'm so excited that Man, listen. I have an opportunity to be on something with my sister. Like, listen. It's an honor. It's a privilege. I, I just want to do a little shoot-oop on this live recording. So if you see me and Broderick in some <laughs> sequence somewhere, we're going to be on the recording. Jam! A jam. <laughs> <laughs>
gonna punch us when she sees us. Right. <laughs> Evolve You is gonna be nuts, man. It's gonna be ugly. Please register. Do that. Matter of fact, we done. So exit out of this. Go register. And I believe early bird registration is still happening. It's still happening. So please hop on that. Evolve You. Benita Jones is going to bless your life, not just for the worship leader, but for the intercessor, the, the creative, pastor, the creative, all of that. So shout out to that. Great show, fam. This was good. It you did was. your good talk. You know, you did too. Thank God we didn't cuss. Oh my God. He's doing something new in us. You know. Cut, cut the show. Cut the show. Cut the show. <laughs>